standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Pastor? That uh, bulletin board back there looks so good. Lori, we thank you for that. Thank you for everything around it looks good. I noticed the parking lot messed up a little bit right now. And having to drive around find a place to park and then it's going to get worse oh, yeah. from what I understand they're going to be taking up uh, all of the brick out there is that correct yep. going to be taking up all of the brick out there and uh, our new parking lot it's going to go back to in a sense like it was original Grass. Yep. Is that correct? Yes. Going to go back to grass. Well, it's going to be all right. And uh, <clears throat> today, I'd like to speak to you by the help of the Lord on the subject: God is not partial taken from our text here in Acts chapter 10. And what a great breakthrough the Apostle Peter was internally transformed as God showed him in no uncertain terms how wrong it was to call unclean that which God had cleansed. Even when it comes to people, uh, this was a big lesson to learn. Peter was a Jew. Big time. And uh, he didn't have big thoughts about Gentile people at all. For a Jew raised in the prejudiced environment of Jewish tradition and Jewish custom God was viewed as partial since he demonstrated favoritism toward Israel but Peter discovered in a never to be forgotten manner that God is not Partial. God is not partial. That grace cannot coexist with prejudice. And we need, we all need 
the breakthrough that Peter experienced. God is not partial. <clears throat> My first point is a principle to remember, and that is impartiality. God readied His first messenger, Peter, to carry the gospel to the Gentiles. And through a vision, God dealt with Peter, causing him to come to terms with the deep-rooted prejudice in his fellow Jews the head toward Gentiles in the world. Jews look down on Gentiles big time. Now, at first Peter was hesitant in all of this. Explained it here by James and then also by the Apostle Paul. In James chapter 2 and by Paul in Galatians chapter 3 and then also in Colossians, I'm going to read those to you. Uh, <clears throat> gives us two different New Testament authors inspired by the Holy Spirit. Let's go to James. And uh, we're going to look at verses, uh, chapter 2. James chapter 2. And verses 2 through 9. <clears throat> and it says here in James chapter 2 and verse number 2 For there came unto your assembly a man, for if there come into your assembly a man with a gold ring, in goodly apparel. And there come in also a poor man in vile raiment. And ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say to him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou here, or sit here under my footstool. Are you not then partial in yourselves and have become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my brethren, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor, do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats. Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by which you're called. If you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You do well. But if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced 
of the law as transgressors. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28 I read, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus, whether you are Jew or Gentile, it's, it's, it's saying. Now then, let's go to the book of Colossians. In chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. And then drop your eye down to verse number 9. Colossians 3 and verse number 9. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him for there is neither Greek nor Jew circumcision nor uncircumcision barbarian Scythian bond nor free but Christ is all in all. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so do ye. Oh, may God help us to do that. With these texts in mind, let's see how that God used Peter to illustrate this principle. Case in point, the Gentiles, as in here, Acts chapter 10, because we live in a world governed by a different set of prejudices, we could miss the remarkable part of this story. While Peter, or rather, rather, while God was dealing with Peter in Jossip, some distance away in Caesarea, we find that God was at work in the life of a Roman military leader who was hungry for God and who had sent three of his representatives to get Peter and bring him back to him. They told Peter in Acts chapter 10 and verse 22, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, and one that feareth God, and of good report among all the nation of the Jews, was warned from God by an holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. 
Now then, let's look at the event as it unfolds. I want you to notice Peter's hospitality in verse number 23. This is Acts Acts chapter 10 and verse number 23. Then called he them in and lodged them and on the morrow Peter went away with them and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. Hours before, I want you to know this, just a few hours before, Peter wouldn't do what he's doing right now. In fact, he did just the opposite of what a zealous Jew would do. First we see here, he took the men in for a night. Jews would not bring in Gentiles in for a night. And then secondly, he became the guest of a non-Jew. Jews wouldn't do that. They wouldn't go in another a Gentile's house for a meal. Now what a change in a man who a short time before wouldn't have had anything to do with those different from himself. Peter would have nothing to do with those Gentiles. But boy, something something happened to him here. Look in verse 24. This is Acts chapter 10 now. We're going to see here Peter's humility in verse 24. And the moral, after they were entered into Caesarea, Cornelius waited for them and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. Oh boy, look here, verse 26. But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up! I myself also am a man. (laughs) Well, things have changed here, you see. Because it's prejudices in him has changed. When Peter entered Cornelius' home here, Cornelius, you see, he bowed himself at his feet and worshipped him. But you notice that what Peter did, Peter in his genuine humility did what he did. The text says here in verse 26, But Peter took him up saying, Stand up, I also am a man. Now, look at Peter's honesty in verse 27 it was 
While conversing with Cornelius, Peter stepped into a large room here now where many individuals were assembled to hear him speak. And the first thing he did was to tell them how that God changed his thinking. God changed Peter's thinking. He stated by going back to the old rule that dominated his mindset for years. In verse 28, you know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or to come into one of another nation. But God has showed me that I should not call any man common. Therefore, I came unto you without gainsaying as soon as I was sent for. Now, that's often the way we'll do it when we come to the crossroads seeing the Lord. What's something new and fresh in our lives? We go back and review the rules one more time. And that's what he did. And I want you to notice Cornelius' response in verses 30 through 33. This is Acts chapter 10. And Cornelius said, Four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard in and thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon a tanner by the seaside, who, when he cometh, shall speak unto thee. Immediately therefore I sent to thee, and thou hast well done, that thou art come. Now therefore, we're all here, present before God, to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. We're all here to hear what the Lord has uh, uh, for us to hear. <coughs> the man wanted to know more briefly... And uh, he had rehearsed the matter that, uh, to Peter here and what had happened four days earlier. And he described how that he had been praying and at the ninth hour a man stood before him here in Acts chapter 10 in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard and thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God.
Send therefore to Joppa and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter, who when he come cometh shall speak unto thee. Now, what a great setup! <clears throat> there, with a room full of hungry, enthusiastic, prepared people, ready to listen. Whatever it is, God's message is. I suppose that every preacher would love to have such an opportunity. <clears throat> as Peter has here, to be able to speak to these people who are ready to hear. Now I want you to notice, thirdly, the message of grace. That message of grace is peace through Jesus. In Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 48. In verses 34 through 43, record the message. And then in verses 44 through 48, explain what happened at the time that it was spoken. God and nations, in verses 34 through 36, this is Acts chapter 10, verse 34 through 36. Uh, then Peter <clears throat> opened his mouth and said of the truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Here we see God's grace in action. Peter first stated that God is not partial. Notice how he put it as we read verses 34, 35, and 36. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. God is not partial. But in every nation... He that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him, be they Jew or Gentile. Oh, thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord for that. Then the Bible says here in verse 36, the word which God sent unto the children of Israel preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Jew or Gentile. It doesn't make any difference. What must I do to be saved? That was the question asked by a Philippian jailer. 
Paul and Silas. The answer, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Be you a Jew or a Gentile. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I want you to notice how it's put there. <clears throat> this believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, especially said that he'd come to understand that God didn't play favorites. I don't care if you're a Jew or a Gentile. You must come to believe on the Lord Jesus. Also, <clears throat> implied is that he was getting a missionary heart here and getting the gospel to both Jews and Gentiles. In our day, that's a big breakthrough. Well, that would not be a big breakthrough for us today necessarily. But those days it was. It was a big breakthrough there. Can you imagine get, taking the gospel to Gentiles? That was a new thing for them. Taking the gospel to Gentiles. <clears throat> Thank the Lord for it. Peter was speaking words that were radical to anyone hearing them in those days. Oh boy. You see, for years it had been believed that the God of heaven was the God of the Jews only. And that they were the depository where God's truth had stopped. And Gentiles didn't have it. And any gospel to be preached, you give it to the Jews, not to the Gentiles. But we thank God as Gentiles. We thank God that the gospel came to us as well. Amen. So Peter was speaking words that were uh, <clears throat> different for those Jews. They, the, they hadn't, hadn't heard such things this before. Then I want you to notice in verse, verses 37 through 43, this is Acts chapter 10 again, God in Christ and these verses, Peter made a clear presentation of the gospel to the Gentiles. By this time, they probably had some idea of who Christ was. But they needed to hear a clear presentation. The Gentiles needed to hear a clear presentation of the gospel so that they could make a, a decision based on facts. And so Peter began with the ministry of Christ and he carried his hearers' attention up through the resurrection. And then he said in verses 42 and 43, and he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it was he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. To him gave all the prophets witness 
that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins Gentile aren't you glad of those words in verse 43 these words here that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins Jew or Gentile Peter's message was one of grace and if you had been a Gentile of that day it would be the first time in your lifetime that the gospel had been heard in your world the gospel had not been preached to Gentiles before uh, up until now. God in salvation in verses 44 through 48. In the same manner, Peter's address something, suddenly something happened. The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word and they of the circumcision which were which believed they were astonished those Jews were astonished those Gentiles believing on the Lord Jesus Christ let me tell you we would not think anything about that at all today. But brother, I'll tell you right now, at this particular time at then, they were astonished that Gentiles were being saved by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. That was an astonishment to them. That's what he says. Now, why such a response? Is because a couple of reasons. The Spirit had been poured out on non-Jews, and these Jewish observers were witnessing Gentiles speaking with tongues and exalting God as they themselves had done at Pentecost. It's the same thing. Genuine evangelism took place. And as living proof was that there those who had already been saved. Thank God for His amazing grace. I don't know about you and me. Of course, we already we're accustomed to both Jews and the Gentiles being saved. But for those Jews, those believing Jews, for them to be able to see Gentiles come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, they were astonished at that. 
Can you believe God even saves Gentiles? Boy, thank the Lord He does. Genuine evangelism had taken place here and leading proof was that there were those who had already, they, they were saved. Peter baptized all of those who had received the Holy Spirit at the time of rebirth. Well, thank the Lord. Wouldn't you love to have been there at that time? There's no person on earth that grace of God cannot liberate. No person on earth that grace cannot save. Even Christian people, once immobilized by legalism, tradition, selfishness, and pride, may be liberated. May God help us to believe that God saves <laughs> He not only saves He saves the vilest. Sometimes the person that you think the most un, the most unlikely person to be saved is the one that gets saved. Brother T.B. Freeman used to hold a lot of revival meetings back in his younger days. And sometimes when he would go to a new church to preach in a revival meeting, he would ask the pastor a question something like this. Who is the hardest sinner that comes to church that's not yet saved? Who is that person not yet saved? Just can't can't keep to get through to them at all. He would do that from going from one church to another. Sometimes they would see that person get saved, sometimes not. He told some stories about seeing some men get saved. One year I had come home from school and I went with Brother Freeman over into North Carolina and he preached a revival meeting. I remember going there and Brother Freeman was up and preaching and he came to the end of the message and they extended an invitation. And I remember sitting there probably about the third seat in the front I would imagine And uh, as they were singing the invitation, 
the wood, the, the floor in the church was had to be wood because the noise it made. <laughs> I heard a rumbling in the back, and then I heard footsteps. I mean heavy footsteps coming down the aisle. I looked over to one side and I looked and I saw a big old boy. And over on the other side of the other row of pews, there was a woman cried out, That's my boy. Boys, <laughs> I tell you what, that, that run through me. Oh boy. What a joy it is to see somebody get saved. That's my boy. You thank God when it's a member of your family to get saved. We pray for lost people. Let me tell you something, folks, right now. I'm serious as I can be about the Lord. When you pray, pray for lost people to get saved. But don't forget to pray for your own family. If you ought to want to see anybody get saved, you ought to want to see your own family members get saved. Pray for your family members. Your husband not saved, pray that he get saved. Your wife not saved, pray she get saved. Your children not saved, pray for every one of those kids so that everyone have made profession of faith in Christ. Pray for the lost, especially in your own family. May God help us to do it. Now, we're going to be dismissed, and I want to pray for Jason too here. Jason's job, as I understand it, has played out. Mm-hmm. His job is, if I understand, I'm not saying that correctly, it's just played out. It, 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 it's gone. It's not that he's been fired or anything. That's not. The job is gone. He needs a job. We need to pray for him to find a job. Uh, Jason, do you have anything you'd like to say to the people about what you, what you got in mind? What you're thinking? I wanted to go to school and get more education, but it costs money to do that. So I've been applying to different places in Arcadia. I applied to a place in Port Charlotte. Uh, applied to places to, for, to, to get uh, money to go to No, so, just for different different for jobs that are hiring. Yeah, okay, okay. I applied for Wawa. I'm hoping that when they, they're going to need 100 people there or more. As of understanding what my dad said, they should be open in October. But I can't wait that long. We're in September. I can't wait in November. My Father in heaven, I pray for Jason. Lord, thou dost know the situation that he's in, and Lord, you know what you're going to do. And I pray, dear Father, that thou would reveal it to Jason what your will and what your plan is for him. Oh God, direct Jason. Bless him with supply of his need. Bless he and Alicia. They might be able to pay their bills. 
Oh God, bless their home. For Jesus' sake, I pray. Help us, dear Father, as a church, know what we should be doing and whatever it is we should do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Good day. God bless everyone. Take an ice cream in the back. Take an ice cream in the back, you see. Oh, wow. <coughs> Good day, everybody.